I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Hello and welcome back to In Omnia Paratus. I'm Jay, like the letter. And I'm Angela, also known as AVO. We are two Gilmore stands diving into our own past and present, evaluating if we were ever truly ready for anything. We discuss all things from problematic school dances to what no one prepares you for after college. We'll tell tales of elusive college boys and coworkers more high-strung than Paris Geller. Welcome back, everyone. So, I'm coming for your brand. Just a little bit, though. Go with me, okay? Okay. I have a shower thought, so I'm stealing your avo toast for the day. (laughs) Okay. I don't think enough people with oily scalps understand the life-changing that is the wash, rinse, repeat. The repeat really helps. I always thought it was a joke made on Lizzie McGuire when oh, he yeah. was like, how do you get your hair so silky? He's like, okay, the trick is I don't repeat. So I always thought you shouldn't repeat until my lovely coworker slash hairstylist was recommending it. The <laughs> second time you wash, you use half the amount of shampoo because your hair is already wet and it really helps get in between your hair follicles and your fibers and all those technical hairy terms like if you watch videos i can't do pimple popper videos but i can watch when people get really up close with them mm-hmm. not the microphones the microscopes on people's heads and like look before and after like those deep scalp treatments the double wash is a game changer i went from having to wash my hair every other every two days to every three to four without product or styling which for me is a big deal and i work out six days a week so it's a super big deal mm-hmm Yeah, I feel like the double wash has become very underrated, especially as we've moved into more prominence with low sud shampoos and like even like no poo products that don't have any sort of true, well, it's not detergent because detergent, shampoo isn't supposed to have detergent, but whatever it is that's like the main cleaning ingredient usually used is not available in those. But when you can get in and have that really good double cleanse, if you have a good hair setup, You can last the entire week. You can last the entire week. Frankly, two weeks. I know. I'm like kind of in that territory right now, which is just the weird nether realm of winter because it's so cold that I don't want to wait, have to wait for my hair to dry. I also keep forgetting I now own a Dyson hairdryer, so that that shouldn't be an issue. What's so special about a Dyson? Well, Jay, thank you for asking. The Dyson dries your hair in under five minutes, regardless of how thick it is, how long it is, the texture. You blast it and you're set. You don't even have to use warm air. Like, I use the cold setting most of the time. Frankly, it's so cold right now. I'm going to use the warm setting. It does wonders. I'm actually really excited to try giving myself a blowout and see what happens because my stylist told me that it should take less than 10 minutes. So now here's the real question for you. Okay. Do you want to be sponsored by Dyson or get free snacks? Ooh, both. Can I have snacks while I'm using the Dyson? I don't know, but they can. I mean, frankly, at this point in all of the different recipes that I'm using, I will, I can probably use the Dyson cold blast feature for something. Or you could clean up the mess with the Dyson vacuum because, yes, it is the same Dyson that somehow geniusly moved into the hair vertical with their original Dyson blow dryer and then their new Dyson air wrap which is ridiculously expensive. It is. I was looking at it the other day just because I'm always very intrigued by the idea of like hair tools that manipulate your hair for you because to me that just sounds so dangerous. But they have so many different attachments for that. It's kind of intriguing, but I definitely want to watch other people use it first. If I could have gotten that one when I got you yours, I would have kept it. But we didn't have one. I don't think the wonders it would do to my hair would work on your hair. I think right now with the technology, the one you have is better. Oh, yeah. And the other big thing with the Dyson that is really nice for people, especially with curly, textured, frizzy hair. Not that Angela has those things, but for people (laughs) who have that kind of hair type, is it has technology so it never will overheat your hair on the heat settings. It's constantly checking its temperature so it will never burn, fry, and the way the air circulates, I'm pretty sure why it goes faster. I know with the curling attachment on the air app, it uses this thing called the Kawanda effect, 
which is the way the wind manipulates it to spin around itself, a DIY slash kind of lazy hack that people are doing to kind of create the same effect is you cut the top of a water bottle off and stick it onto your blow dryer. You can't do this for too long because melting plastic, but you create the same kind of tunnel funnel and the hair will curl the same way with the air as the Dyson Airwrap. It actually Mm. works pretty well if you look up videos. I don't recommend it, but it's an interesting thing to see scientifically. I might have to look into that later. I'm definitely not going to try it just because I've already, between having curly, textured, longer hair, it's already a bit of a challenge using a regular blow dryer, which I'm assuming I'd have to use to try to mimic this effect because I don't think sticking a water bottle through the Dyson would really do anything. Correct. You need more of a traditional blow dryer. Those were always a little bit hazardous with my hair, even while using a diffuser, which also Dyson diffuser, amazing game changer. How's the blow dryer that you used of mine throughout college? What would you say? That was a Conair. That was really great in terms of power. So just initially, like if I needed to quickly dry my hair or if it was halfway dry and I just needed to get it to where it needed to be so I could continue styling it, it worked amazingly because I could use a higher setting, but I didn't need to use it for very long. So in terms of total heat damage to my hair, I felt that it sort of balanced out at the end of the styling. Got it. I owned a blow dryer that I used maybe three times a year, but when I went off to college, throwback to anyone who used to or does watch influencers, Michelle Fawn said this orange Conair was like comparable to some more expensive dryers. And I was like, I'm not going to use it very often. I'll just spend like 30 bucks at Target. I still have it. And the few times I've needed it, it's been really nice. It's a really good blow dryer. I know. For the few times I've needed it, it's been really nice. But when I get my hair styled, all the stylists use Dyson's. They're really nice. And they're really quiet. Okay, that's the one thing I can't agree on. Ooh. I think it's actually a little loud. Loud as a noise or loud comparable to other dryers? I mean, in general, I think when you're using it, just its overall volume is loud. It's not as loud as other hair dryers that I've used, nor does it have that sort of shrieking noise that other ones can make, but it's not as quiet as I expected it to be. I think it's much quieter. I mean, I don't own one, but whenever I go to get my hair done and they use the Dyson, I can always have a conversation with a stylist as opposed to when they use the other one or any other brand. So that's my metric, but I don't know for everyday or regular use. I think when we can be in the same place, we can take turns using it. We'll we'll do a hair washing day and see what happens because maybe it's just me. Maybe I just have a lower threshold for hair dryer sounds. Do you think the orange one was louder or quieter? The orange one was louder. So that's good. <laughs> Your hearing's not declining, which is a plus. Overall, considering my age and all, it's great that I'm not losing my hearing, as Jay would say. I took one of those tests where it's the high-pitched noise and it gets higher and higher, and apparently I have the hearing of a 35-year-old. Oh. Yeah, they should have started that whole earplugs thing at concerts years ago. They have. They did start that years ago. Well, not at any of the concerts I went to. Every concert that I've been to, there's always been someone handing out the little earplug packages or there's a station inside the stadium or... Well, maybe your artists are just more considerate. Beyonce, Madonna, the High School Musical cast... One Direction, Ed Sheeran. Oh no, Ed Sheeran, they did offer it. I was that girl who walked around Coachella with a little baggie full of earplugs and I was just constantly taking them in and out depending upon our proximity to a stage at the time. And that's why you can hear your Dyson so well. Yep. Moral of the story, if we're going to a concert, I'll have earplugs for you. Um, outside lands? I had earplugs. So you didn't offer them? Oh my god, I totally did. I had that entire backpack full of goodies. I had the band-aids and the neosporin and the earplugs and did I have did I have snack bars? Or no, that was a different concert. I'm sorry, you go to so many festivals, you can't recall what was supplies were brought to which one. 
Oh my lord. Well, now it's been over a year, so it's a little sad. Yeah, but looking back, the idea that we were surrounded by so many people and so much proximity makes me just like cringe and feel very dirty. Oh yeah, especially outside lands. I felt like when we came out of there, we were covered in a great layer of dirt and dust. And you're saying that after going to Coachella. I know. I felt like- Camping at Coachella. I know. Felt like I came back from outside lands more disgusting than I did at Coachella. And there's fewer people at outside lands, right? Yes. Hundreds of thousands at Coachella. Tens of thousands at Outside Lands. I think that's about right. So looking forward to 2021, hopefully. No. We have our rollover tickets. We're ready. I have hard seltzers, champagne, (laughs) Marinoff ices that I will be hiding wherever we stay. I know. I feel like at least like we've had really good setups for Outside Lands. My computer's bugging. Asher from Clueless would say. Oh no. You know what, Jay's computer? You're a virgin who can't drive. R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. No. I'm trying to remember which one Brittany Murphy is. Is Brittany Murphy Thai? Yes. Really? Yes. Uptown Girls. Oh my gosh. You can clearly see how familiar I am with different actors. Oh my lord. Clueless, Just Mary, 8 Mile, Girl Interrupted, Sin City, Little Black Book. That's all the same person? Love and Other Disasters, Abandoned, Riding in Cars with Boys. I, I seriously didn't know that. The Ramen Girl, which seems slightly appropriative. <laughs> Happy Probably. Feet. Probably. Haven't seen it. Wait, she's in Happy Feet? According to Google. Dear Lord. She plays Gloria, whoever that was. I mean, I only saw Happy Feet once. I can't, I can't really speak to that. She was in a movie called The Dead Girl. Is that a made-for-TV movie? Came out in 2006. Rated R, premiered in Hungary. Okay, so probably James Franco was in it. Big following here. Oh, okay. Rose Byrne. I feel like I'm gonna need to rewatch some of these now and put it together in my head that this is all the same person. She was on Sister Sister. Oh my lord! Wait, you you were rewatching Sister Sister. Have you seen her yet? Well, one, I finished that back when at the end of August, and I was super salty that they cut out Roger singing In My Life by the Beatles for stupid copyright reasons. Yeah, they cut that out. And then they changed the song. This one I didn't know as well, but it's the song that Tamara and Jordan dance to in the street where she's in the blue and green dress. It's kind of like a Cinderella e-based episode. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be some Usher song. And they changed it. Oh, goodness. See, I really don't like when shows do that because it really throws you and then you sort of question your memories of it. I don't think it's the show's fault, though. I feel like it's copyright things. I mean, that's true. Do we blame Netflix? Yes. But we really can't blame Netflix because they give us so much joy. So this is a tough place to be in. Speaking of Netflix, I was editing a different episode today and you mentioned watching Wonder Woman 1984 on Christmas Day, but you don't have HBO Max. I know. This means that I had to get HBO Max. Oh, you got HBO Max? Oh, yeah. I had to. I had to. Like, I, okay, first of all, I think that when HBO Max came out, they should have just automatically, like, given people the option with regular HBO to just bump up the service. There should have been some sort of pop-up, but I didn't get that, so I just stayed with regular HBO, and that was fine because I still had access to all of the HBO exclusive content that I needed. I didn't necessarily need any of the extras, but oh yeah, I got it for Wonder Woman. I was not going to miss that. I've been waiting for that for so long. Since 1984. Exactly. Before I was even born. No, you didn't tell me you upgraded. Oh yeah, as as soon as I heard that it was they were going to team up with HBO Max on that, no brainer. It had to happen. And then some movie is coming to Amazon Prime. Oh, I don't know what the movie's called, but Leslie Odom Jr. plays Sammy. One Night in Miami, I think is what it's called. Oh, I hope that's not wrong. That doesn't sound familiar. Who else is in it? It's a bunch of people who play other older famous people. And it was one night they all had in Miami. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, one night in Miami. Okay, cool. I'm doing your job for you. I'm fact-checking. On the night of February 25th, 1964 in Miami, Cassius Clay joins Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X as they discuss the responsibility of being successful black men during the civil rights movement. Not Sammy Davis Jr. My bad. My mom and I were talking about the Rat Pack and Frank Sinatra because we were listening to Obama's book. So that's where I got the name from. How is Obama's book going? 
We are on chapter 11. We just finished. It's really good. I like hearing it from his perspective. He really does go into decision making. I will tell you more later. Hope looking back, historians and the on the international level give Obama more credit than he was given during his time. Okay, I can see that. I haven't read it yet. I'm still waiting for the book to arrive, but I was just curious because I ordered Barack Obama's book and I also ordered Michelle's book. So I wanted I'm I'm trying to see where to start. I mean I read Michelle's first and then Barack's, but I like doing it in that order because okay. there are certain nods very early on in the book that you'll remember from Michelle's book if you read hers first. I mean you could read it the other way around, but Barack's book also has a lot of policy and political things as Michelle Obama is kind of more her life and her experiences (laughs) that are more relatable to I don't want to say the everyday person because she's definitely not relatable to the everyday person but from more of an emotional standpoint than his yeah I would read hers first because I like I love their engagement story so cute so much and I loved reading it from her point of view and then like hearing him retell it from his the other thing which was really funny I heard him on Stephen Colbert Oh my god. They also did a like trash can free throw contest. He asked Barack who had more book sales in the first day. And Barack's like, I'm not trying to start trouble at home, but I think I did. But the thing is, she has more overall. And anytime someone buys my book, they're recommended to buy her book. So she's getting more sales too now. I remember that. They're honestly, the way that they interact together, it's so heartwarming because they don't let their station really we're we're going to call it their station or their platform really impact like how they interact with each other definitely one of the parts in Michelle's book that I love is she just talks about walking with him to lunch one day i don't even know if they were dating at the time but she was saying how she always walks with purpose and has somewhere to be and walks with intention and he had what was something either called like Hawaiian time tropical time like he was like slowly <laughs> like walking behind her i think this was after their first date i'm like oh my god I am Michelle Obama. I don't know how she puts up with him being late on his first day as a summer associate at a law firm. Like she had no time for this man. Mm-hmm. And I love that. But it worked out. It did work out. I don't know. As as you guys will learn more as we go through this, I'm just a total sap and I love cute meat stories like that. I'm still waiting for someone to take my cap in New York one day. Or deliver your shoe back to you in the Louvre. Blair? Yep. Okay. I don't know why. My shoe would be off in the Louvre, but sure. Well, she did it on purpose. She purposely surrendered her shoe to create this, but it worked out-ish. Sure, we can say that. (laughs) That's one way to put it. In terms of getting his attention and getting another meeting, it worked. They weren't meant to work together, but just in terms of surrendering the shoe, that part worked. I'm getting him mixed up with the guy from season two who was screwing his stepmother. Was that Sebastian Stan's character? No, that was the the no. prince. The lord? The lord. The lord. I don't remember much about him. I mean, after we found out he was screwing his stepmom, that ship kind of sailed. Very true. Okay, I can hear a little bit of something. And the experimenting, and we're going to figure it out. Because this is what it's like when you're starting a podcast. Oh, look at you. I know. I'm learning. You are learning. Living, laughing, and learning? Uh, we're going to go with learning right now just because, I don't know, it's, we're in the new year and it's been a little busy. I had this other shower thought. How weird it is that we record ahead of time. How shows record so much ahead of time. Sherlock, that only comes out once every like seven years. Ford's films potato potato (laughs) it doesn't come out for so long and it's only like four six episodes Mm -hmm. like we're recording now and when this comes out who knows we could both be bald oh god i hope not i knocked on wood i don't think either of us would make that conscious choice to be bald so i really hope not maybe you finally pulled a britney at the ending stages of quarantine we don't know which is the bigger point. That is true. There's a lot of unknowns right now, hopefully less that are related to our hair, but just in general, it's been a strange time overall. And it's kind of weird to think that in the middle of the chaos, we kind of found a bit of our grounding in starting a podcast, but at the same time, there was so much that we didn't know when we were getting ready to start. Here, here. So let's take this journey back to 2018, 2017, 2017, 2018, 2018 for me. My mom had listened to podcasts and the radio forever and told me I would really like them. And I was like, no, 
There's no picture. Why would I bother with this? Then the first podcast I ever heard was Armchair Expert, the one with Dak Shepard. And of course, I had to listen to his very first episode, which was with his wife, Kristen Bell, who was a little bit frustrated because she was on her way to Michael's when her husband had asked her to be a part of his podcast. So you get to really listen from beginning to end, not of a big fight, but of a little marital squabble. And I just loved the vulnerability the authenticity, and how you really got to hear two people in a long form have a conversation, which is one of the reasons I really like the first Bridge episode of Euphoria, because you got a little piece, but like a lot of detail. I feel like I have to say first, we absolutely love Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard getting into the way that they relate to each other on any of their platforms, but particularly in the podcast. It's really great to see. It's really great to see that they've presented this area of their lives with no filter. It's just them real and raw and just making just making themselves more accessible to everyone and showing that they have perspectives that everyone else can learn from also. After that one, I started looking into others, and then that fall, a bunch of other influencers started coming out with one. So on the Influencer Podcast, they had demographics that were closer to their ages as opposed to their other socials, whether it be YouTube or Instagram. So they talked about things more related to people their age as opposed to back-to-school content when they're 25. So I really got into those. I liked it. They talked all things from business to boys to just things about being in your 20s that no one really tells you. And I loved, again, the longer form of content you got out of a podcast. And then I started trying to convince Angela to like them, which didn't really happen until 2019. Basically until 2019. So I don't know. I feel like we've talked about it a little bit here, but I never really gotten into like different influencers and following them on different platforms. So the idea of listening to them have greater conversations with themselves or not with themselves, but with other people, (laughs) with other influencers was a little bit strange to me because I didn't know who they were. So I didn't quite grasp the concept of why hearing their conversations would have some sort of impact on me. But I believe there was one episode. Well, no, I'm not even going to say it was one episode. It was listening to a couple different influencers, just like one-off episodes, and then listening to the recommended episodes that Jay liked from other people, Dax Shepard, the Kristen Bell episode, his episode with Mila Kunis, who also absolutely adore. But that really sort of like sold me on entering the world. Before I started listening to podcasts, I actually really got into these longer form interviews that were on Variety. And I believe it was Harper's Bazaar YouTube channel where they assembled all of the actors and actresses from the Oscars, Golden Globes on panels and someone would moderate their conversation. And I just got really interested in the way these actors would talk about their roles and about parts and about how they connected and not their processes, but kind of ways they've adapted and changed throughout their careers. And then they also started a series where it was actors on actors. So it was two people, two actors talking about their specific products going on at the moment. I know one I loved. It was, I think, Ellen Pompeo and Taraji P. Henson did one. Constance Wu did one with someone I really liked. I don't remember. But it was really interesting just starting in the entertainment world and then kind of from that finding other podcasters to other things. One of my newest podcast obsession is Brene Brown. She has two, Unlocking Us, which is more her vulnerability, emotional support kind of stuff. And then she has her new one, Dare to Lead, which Barack Obama was recently on. So I need to listen to that episode soon. But I loved podcasts for the reason that YouTube videos always were struggling because I, I always wanted to watch what I was doing, meaning when I was cleaning or working out or going for a walk, I obviously couldn't be watching my phone, but I could listen to a podcast while I was doing those things because I didn't have to be right next to my device. So it opened up a whole new world where I didn't have to be silent. And that was lovely. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen or I guess I've never listened to either of those podcasts before. But They're not podcasts. They're YouTube videos. Oh, okay. Just kidding. See, this is where I'm at in this total journey. Don't really do YouTube videos. 
don't follow a lot of influencers, still not listening to a ton of podcasts. I think I have six or seven that I try to keep up with regularly, but I like the new variety. To me, listening to a podcast is sort of like listening to somebody tell me a story, and that's one of my favorite pastimes when I'm a little over talking, I'll tell everyone, just tell me a story. Tell me what's going on with you. What's going on in your life? And I'll listen. I would love to see you over talk. I feel like it happens a lot. Probably not here because I get really nervous, but I feel like when it's just the two of us, I feel like I talk a lot. Here we are starting our own. Who gave us permission or why the audacity? I couldn't tell you, but if this year's taught us anything, say la vie. No, not the right phrase. Oops. <laughs> I mean, frankly, I feel like we both just reached a point where we wanted to do something, but we weren't exactly sure where to put our energy. And this seemed like a cool, constructive, fun outlet that could also, I don't know, maybe help other people during this time who were feeling a little bit lonely or isolated. Not even during this time. I felt lonely and isolated since post-college. And I think it's something that fortunately, I think more people are starting to talk about. As we said in our first episode, I really think you kind of need exit counseling when graduating college, regardless of whether you have a job lined up, you're planning for grad school, whatever's happening. Because after you leave school, you really kind of lose all mentorships, ways to meet people outside of your given field potential mates depending on what industry you work in it just kind of all ends at once especially if you move out of the city in which your college was in i kind of almost look at the period after college as a quarantine in itself because seriously you're basically on your own you have to figure out ways to then rebuild and reopen your life i don't think i made a single new friend in the first two years out of college and then most of the friends that I had in or near the city that I went to college in. It was a really big wake-up call. All my friends who are older than me, because here's your weekly reminder that I am a Gen Z cusp and the baby of most of my <laughs> friends, all made jokes leading up to me leaving even some who were seniors when I started were like, don't graduate, it's a trap, take a fifth year. And I thought they were kidding. And I thought it was all like, hey, you're being funny, you're not ready to leave. Nope. But I would really understand it. I understand why people take fifth years and I think for some it made sense. <laughs> if our counselors did half the job they should have for the size of the engagement ring I saw on one of them, oh. I could have graduated in probably three years, maybe even two and a half. And I'm surprised they didn't push me more because Angela, from what I remember you telling me about the English department, they wanted you in and out as fast as you could. Oh yeah, we were in impacted department during the time that I went there. So first of all, when I came for my freshman orientation, I was advised to enter a new department because they thought that I wasn't a strong enough candidate to truly succeed there. But then fast forward to the end where I go in for my fourth year counseling during our fall quarter and one like my counselor is incredibly surprised to see me and two I'm actually doing surprisingly well and on track to graduate I could have actually left that fall quarter but I still needed one more quarter of language but I digress they wanted you in and out as fast as possible it was so hard to make friends in that department because either they were about to graduate or they were dragging out the classes that they took so that they could stay a fifth year, a sixth year to try to balance their load better. Yeah, not in the business department. I could have graduated early. I came in with six AP classes, meaning I was a quarter and a half ahead. I was able to start my major classes a quarter and a half earlier. And the only reason I graduated when I did was because I wasn't ready to come home early. There was a hot second my senior year where I was like, should I come home after winter? And I mean, frankly, I will fully admit, do not regret, it was mainly for social reasons. My whole senior year, I had the perfect senior year of college. We're going to get back to the podcast thing in a minute. I just need to explain to everyone how perfect my senior year schedule was. Oh my God, I hated your senior year schedule. I did not have classes on any Friday. And my spring quarter, I had classes nine to noon monday to thursday and one of those was dance oh my god do you know how annoying that is i think my entire senior year the classes that i wanted to take were all 8 a.m's i also love 8 a.m's though and you can attest to this i would take 8 a.m's over night classes in a heartbeat and i also went to is nine out of ten of my 8 a.m's too much credit 8.5 
8.3? We're going to say 8.5. Okay. I went to eight and a half out of every 10 8 a.m.s I had, no matter the state of inebriation or post-inebriation, I guess. <laughs> I never went to class inebriated. 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. was my sweet spot. If I could find classes that I was very interested in and that fit well within, we'll call it my current educational plan because I have three different certificates within my major. So like if I could find anything that fit well within that, I was taking those. I hated 8 a.m.s. After 3 p.m., I literally, like, would fall asleep in class. Not actually. I never fell asleep in class. But I felt like my body just was like, nope, you're done. You, d- you did enough for the day. Even if the 3 p.m. class what, was my first class, which happened a few times. That's when you take the coffee to class. I did. The C-Store coffee was super cheap, too. That was very nice. Oh, my God. I have another rant about the C-Store, but we're completely off topic. I'm just going to make this one note, though, because this is really going to bother me. That when you're running out of money – not like literally destitute, (laughs) but like when you're kind of over your budget of spending and a bag of chips, which is four ounces or two ounces costs $1.50 and a protein bar trail mix that is healthy and organic is like $6. No wonder the freshman 15 lasts four years. Here, here. Or when you can get a half pound cheeseburger for half the price. Was that a of th- I a don't salad. do burgers? And I normally I'm very picky with my salads. At not habit. Habit is what's on campus now. What was it called? Latitude. Yes. Oh, chicken nuggets. I'm a child. I'm actually a child. That's one of the reasons why I felt so seen in my sorority is we went out to eat and other people ordered chicken tenders and I was like, oh my God. Earlier made fun of me, but it was kind of just an established thing at a certain point. Like you stopped ordering chicken tenders on the menu. Oh, never. Yeah, which is why I found my home in my sorority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will have to say though, it's a little awkward at my company's holiday party last year. Uh, one of my coworkers made a comment like, wow, you you have the palate of a kindergartner because I didn't want to eat any of the main courses. I just ate the sides, which I think were mac and cheese and mashed potatoes. What were the main courses? And then I had two desserts. Uh, So it was fried chicken and- You said no to fried chicken? What? I know, right? Honestly, it's it's a self-conscious thing when I'm around people that I don't really know. I kind of panic about how I eat certain foods because I don't want to seem totally messy and gross. That reminds me of when I went on like a little existential crisis as a kid wondering how the Queen of England would eat a burrito. Oh my god, that's the cutest thought ever. Actually, doesn't Ken- doesn't Kensington Palace have an Instagram now? Can we DM them and ask if the Queen eats burritos? I mean, the royal family has one too. Okay, great. Can we DM both of them and let them know we're completely serious? We just want to know if the Queen eats burritos. Oh my god. So, Jay, in the scheme of our podcast relationship, Do you think you are the chicken nuggets or the french fries? I really don't like that question. You don't like it? No. The chicken nuggets are, I'm going to way overthink this, kind of the protein, they're the sustenance. And the fries, I am fries. I am potatoes. Not like when people are like, I'm a lazy potato, like I am potatoes. Like potato is the reason I will never go keto. (laughs) Fried, baked, air fried, steamed, boiled. Potatoes are my thing. So I have to say french fries. But like, I don't want to be the side. I want to be the main. See, I don't think of them in terms And of also, I don't do condiments. Where, where are their condiments involved? I said chicken nuggets or french fries. I know, but people like their french fries with condiments who aren't me. But people also like their chicken nuggets with condiments who aren't you. <sighs> Oi with the poodles. See, how I think of it is that chicken nuggets and french fries, they're two halves of your main. You can't have one without the other. It's not in terms of like main and side. It's main and main. But you can order the french fries on the side menu. You can also order the chicken nuggets on the side menu. Only at McDonald's. (laughs) Well, that's okay because it's called the value menu there, not the side menu. Oh, that's what the value menu is? Yeah. Is that different from the dollar menu? Undetermined. Thank God we have a fact checker. I know. Got it. Okay. So in some kind of roundabout way, we'll get back to our topic, or not so subtly. As you can see, we've been on a tangent now. I don't know how long this will be in the editing process, but recording live, it's been an hour and four minutes. And now we're kind of getting to what we wanted this topic to be about, which is starting a podcast. You can tell we have a love for our feelings, where we were in our lives a few months ago when the Fast and the Furious movie started recording outside my house. You should see if you can be an extra. I mean, I could have been an extra in The Matrix. Oh, did I ever tell you the night that I was trying to go home and I couldn't get there because everything was blocked off for filming? I saw an overturned car and sparks. Very nice. Okay. That's what I have in terms of Matrix spoilers. 
On actually starting up the podcast, what initially sparked it was we had an idea. We've had many ideas of podcasts that we would like to do, things we'd like to talk and touch upon for years, but never anything we could really get behind. So the original one was sparked by me, yes, I believe. And I came to Angela saying like, hey, do you want to do this podcast thing? I have an idea. I have a structure to it. We could do X, Y, and Z. And it would kind of sound like this. And she was like, sure, I want to do a podcast too. Neither of us had any other idea solid enough to kind of go through. We started doing research into things. And fortunately, we have a friend who knows a bit about this so I dm them asking for anything and they were very helpful sent over multiple articles told us what to buy what not to buy and got us on a good path to start due to this being during quarantine everything had to be done remotely so originally we got the mics out and started practicing over zoom the first time I got mute and sound confused so my mic was off for 30 minutes and I thought it was broken but we did a few episodes under the old kind of presumption of the podcast even without it named we did this obscene recording where we had I had two laptops. One had the mic into the audio software, one on Zoom with Angela, and she had her phone recording one with one set of headphones and Zoom on the other with the other set of headphones. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. So we did a few like that just to practice, to get familiar with the mics, kind of certain things. And just learn a bit and get familiar with this concept of doing this. Then October 5th, I believe, rolls around. And it is the Gilmore Girls 20th anniversary of the premiere episode, the pilot, way back when in 2000. Obviously, we're in 2020. And... I had been thinking about our podcast, letting it ruminate, listening to other podcasts, kind of feeling that the other one we had planned just wasn't right, wasn't a thing to pursue. It was going to be too hard, too complicated, and I wasn't passionate enough about it to continue. So I brought it up to Angela and I was like, how about we do it this way? How about we do it based in Gilmore Girls as it's one of the reasons we're friends. It's one of the reasons we've made some of the friends we have. It's a great show. We relate to it for so many reasons. And my favorite episode is season five, episode seven, You Jump, I Jump, Jack, with the phrase in omnia paratus, which means ready for anything. And something that kind of I've been exploring during my quarter life crisis, or not even during my quarter life crisis, starting with my golden birthday at 22 to the year of 23 where nobody likes you, to the year of 24 where I was trying to say yes to everything in the words of Shonda Rhimes, to now 25 in my quarter life crisis, being ready for anything is something I just have been exploring in a lot of ways and trying to do it. And I know Angel has been too. So I said, how about we try doing it this way? And so in perfect kismet, I happened to be shopping for Jay's birthday and stumbled upon a and, and stumbled upon the Gilmore Girls collection of Alex and Ani bracelets. And I happened to get her the Luke Steiner's bracelet and also an, an Omnia Paratus one. And it was in the cart ready for me to check out. And she texts me in a flurry saying, oh my God, I have the idea. I think this is the one. We should call it an Omnia Paratus and think about how we're going through life. And I was like, sold. This is a sign. I'm literally shopping about Gilmore Girls right now. I added a second in Omnia Paratus bracelet to the cart and I said yes. And that was the initial inception step. Then comes everything else. Everything else that I thought would be easier based on the steps I was given, based on the articles I had read, based on the YouTube videos I saw. I thought, okay, it's not going to be that hard. And in true form, it doesn't need to be that hard. You really can use your apple headphones hook them up to a computer make accounts on apple spotify and upload them it doesn't have to be that complicated but being like angela said in quarantine we both wanted a little bit more of a project this was a project and definitely we learned a lot along the way and a lot of things and we're still learning a lot of things honestly so is this a little bit preemptive maybe i think it'll also be a great thing for us to look back on and obviously be able to update as our following grows, when our following grows, I'm trying to be optimistic about this <laughs> and see how it's changed and what thoughts we've had as we've gone along this process. So kind of starting from the beginning, step one, ask our friend for help who had any sense of what we needed, what to do, how to start this. And we were given a few recommendations. One, get the Blue Yeti mic, which is what we did. And I had known a lot of other influencers and people to like this mic as a USB one. So I'm glad we got this. I'm so glad we went with this one. 
The other thing, sorry, I know there are so many tangents. I'm apologizing to my future self having to edit this, but I was so frustrated because getting this mic on Amazon was $300 and it was $120, I believe, on Staples. During this time of the pandemic, things, especially electronic, were so much more expensive on Amazon. The markup was insane. My mother and I were also buying a printer at the time and we were trying to switch to the ink bottles instead of the cartridges. $400 on Amazon, $200 on another website. Absolutely ridiculous. And then he recommended we get the Audacity software, which was free. And I was hoping that I like to have fun with little montages of vacations, my friends, my family, that video editing software would be similar to audio software, which it is for the most part. I know. Thank God that you have experience with this already because if we were just trying to figure it out, we would not have launched yet. We probably would have. We just wouldn't have any socials. Oh, that's true. I know. I feel like there were so many different floating parts to what we had to put together. And it's like our our friend was really great at like helping us get like our setup in place. But then I feel like where we had trouble in the beginning was trying to connect everything. Like we had all of these different elements, but we needed something to help us like stitch it together in an actual working format. Yes. And here is where probably the only time in my life I will ever say this, I am very grateful for my Instagram FBI agent. I got an ad for a podcasting free one hour so you want to start a podcast kind of seminar i was like sure it was the first one that came up and i was like okay like i'll try this out we'll see how it goes so i send angela the link i watch it live she watches it after and at the end of the hour there's a course offered to kind of help us walk through the steps a little more in depth there are videos there are weekly coaching calls there's a community tab a whole bunch of stuff and we're like are we going to commit because this was not cheap like are we going to commit and we said yes do we have the time? Do like, do we want to put the money into this? Like, are we ready to like really sign up for this journey? Because we told ourselves too, like, if we're going to sit through, if we're going to sit through a course, like we're going to commit to this for at least a year. Yes. This course was not cheap. Worth every penny as we're going to get into, but it wasn't cheap. And it was money that obviously we're not making money on this podcast now, if ever. So it was a bunch of money we were doing to invest in this. In our hobby. In our hobby that we would hope would bring us enough joy to offset the monetary costs we were going to invest. Overall, I think it's pretty fun. I agree. So we sign up for this course. And the first week, there are these weekly Zoom calls. And I've been on a bunch of different kinds of Zoom calls, whether it's meetings with my friends or webinars. We have a friend who's been doing theater over Zoom. I've been to Zoom graduations. Not a Zoom wedding yet. And I don't know if we'll get to that. But I've done a bunch of things over Zoom this year. So I wasn't really exactly sure the format. So I was sitting on my bed kind of ready to see what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, the owner of the program and another girl pop on my screen. And they start talking. And I was like, oh, this is live. This isn't like a seminar. Like, this is a live call where she weekly answers question, catches up. And I wasn't prepared because I, I checked this box saying this is my first coaching call and we had nothing to ask. All we had was the name and we'd started thinking about topics, but we hadn't even really watched the course yet when I did this. And I get on this call and this other lovely woman in the course goes through her whole story, which is an amazing personal story of her after a bad breakup and kind of finding herself and becoming stronger. And I just sat there like, oh my God, like, I don't, I didn't realize what I was in for doing these. And I've gone every week since. And then the next one was a bunch of more mature women, mostly doctors who were doing it for their businesses to support the businesses they had, which is really interesting, but definitely is something I wasn't expecting after the first one. But it's just so amazing how during the service, she literally weekly takes time to answer all and every question throughout the steps of the course and about the particular podcast you want to create. You know, so Jay actually attended all, has attended like all of our coaching classes because they're during the day when I'm at work and I think it's really great because she gets to take both of our questions like both of our questions and like not only does the podcast teacher evaluate them but we also get feedback from other people who are just starting out with their podcasts and it's great because we have this little this little almost like 
crowdsource community who can give us live feedback. Does our intro look good? How How is our balance of like Gilmore Girls to like normal everyday topics ratio? I think it's something that neither of us were expecting, but it's been the greatest like little blessing in this whole experience so far. And even with all of the amazing templates and outlines and things we've gotten in this course, there were still some things we had to work out. And here's probably the part if anyone wants to start a podcast that you'll actually want to hear. Angela, please put in a timestamp if they would like to get to the actual meat and the important part of this episode. Sounds good. Here's what you really need to start a podcast. You obviously need a name, a description, a category or categories, artwork, trailer, music, and a device to record and edit if you so choose to. That's all you really need bare bones. There are certain things to help you out, such as a hosting platform, because to get your podcast onto all of these platforms, you need something called an RSS feed, which I remember seeing on like old time mom blogs, but I never really knew what it was until learning about it for podcasts. It's a way to have one kind of link that all podcast sites and apps can read to play it. So you're not actually uploading the mp3 file you're uploading the mp3 file to a hosting platform which then distributes everything which i did not know i didn't either but it's been really fun figuring out this tool so like every sunday jay and i sit down and we go over like the episodes that we're gonna upload and our show notes you're giving us far too much credit i do the actual uploading into our rss feed and i have jay on the phone with me while i do it just to make sure that i'm not missing any steps and that we're in full agreement on our episode title like what we want in our description and just to make sure that like it's all going live properly yep and being that we are trying to take social distancing stay-at-home precautions to the nth degree to protect us and those we love and those we don't know but just respect as other humans on this earth. We've been recording remotely this whole time using this lovely website called Zencaster, which our lovely podcast teacher told us about, and that connects directly to a Dropbox that Angela accidentally pays for. Oh my god. I thought Dropbox was going to be easy and I got it initially when we were using Zoom to do our recordings because I thought that would be the best way to get it to Jay because we would be because we were recording all of our audio separately so in order for us to actually have real content that was not just one side of a conversation I needed to get my side over to her and already I have very slow internet so I thought Dropbox would be an easier way than trying to send her the entire file I was so wrong still don't really know how to use it but thank god Jay figured out how to hook it up to Zencaster and thank heavens for Zencaster because now we have our individual audios recorded at the same time in the same place. That is definitely the one thing about audio editing and podcasts that I didn't really think about or really even think to think about until I started editing. So right now, I think this is a great fair agreement. I mean, for podcast hosts, if there are two people to negotiate, I'm currently unemployed, as I say again and again, hopefully to manifest the perfect job, whether I am Andy in The Devil Wears Prada or Isla Fisher in Confessions of a Shopaholic or Kirk getting an odd job around town. I have more time and also some basic editing skills under my belt, so it was easier for me to figure out. But it didn't dawn on me that the audio tracks are separate, so I'm editing them separately. But you have to edit them together because if you edit one track by itself, none of the spaces and or places for commentary or laughs will line up correctly, which is how I messed up our first episode because I edited one line of audio and then I almost, it was only the first like two minutes and then I realized you can't just edit one at a time. You have to edit them simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a conversation. And from the feedback I've been getting, whether it's from people not wanting to hurt my feelings or they genuinely mean it, people have been telling me that it sounds like we are having a conversation in real life. People have also said it's like being back in our apartment and getting to listen to us talk in Gilmoreisms, Grayisms, what would Blair Waldorf do of sorts. I know. All of the great banter that we had in college, I think we've actually fallen off from it a little bit. It's what happens when you can't see someone for 12 months and when I get no brunch. My banter gets lessened when I don't have the power of brunch within me. That does make sense. Oh, God. <laughs> Other thing which is not a necessity, but something that I felt like exploring. I have a marketing degree, business degree, and certain things I've seen on job applications, such as knowing how to use MailChimp or WordPress. 
SQL or things I have no clue how to do. And they were in the process of building our podcast. I could make these websites. I could sign up these things and try to learn how to use these platforms. So it was a nice way that I could learn these skills without having to pay for a course or do anything else. Because there's no reason for me to tell my friends and family, hey, I need to practice making an email list. Can you just like all sign up and I'll send you like messages every so often? You could send out the J the J Weekly. This is what happened. This is what happened Monday. This is the big event of the week. This is what's going to happen next week. And if you would like to keep up with what I am doing on my week, you can watch Podmas next week on our Instagram in Omniapod. Angela is wrapping up her week this week. Things included The Bachelor, a walk, Bevmo. Yeah, a bev. Yeah, a a, a large Bevmo run for work. And today was our to. Yeah, today is also going to feature ornament making. Or if you're watching this when this comes out, the week, the second week of Podmas on Thursday, Friday, Friday. <laughs> you're you're good. I think overall, it's been quite an experience trying to like balance this. Like we've split the workload between the two of us, and how I was building these sites and trying to learn some of this back end stuff because it can also help me with jobs. Originally saying about the editing is. The way Angela and I, or I, asked Angela if she'd be okay with splitting it, which I think is a very fair deal for co-hosts, is one person edits and the other person does show notes. And in our case, I'm a bit of a smarty pants, wanting to make sure we don't get canceled kind of person. So I also like having a fact check. Our negotiation right now is whoever does the editing, the other person listens and does the fact check with it. So it gets listened to twice fully before it goes out. So any notes, any things that we want to edit out, any other comments, it has the double check, but neither one of us has to listen to us more than once. And then I also love the fact check just to make sure we're saying accurate things, spreading accurate information, knowing correct actors in movies. I know that's going to be a big one for us. No, I think so far my funniest fact check has definitely been for our Christmas movies episode where I think I told you that a pangolin is a bird. It's definitely not a bird. It looks more like an armadillo and I totally knew this and as I was re-listening to that episode to go and create our show notes, I stopped and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I said that. Did you end up rewatching Fargo for that other one? Yeah, I did. Still love Fargo. Still as equally confused as the first time I watched Fargo, which sort of bothers me because I thought that I had a good basis of understanding after going through it in film class, but it's it's still stumping me a little bit. Maybe I'll give it a try. Oh, I'm going to say don't do that. It's it's a it's a little gory for you. Don't watch. Okay. Or if you want, I can timestamp. I can timestamp that for you, and you can watch around it. Mm, the movie or the show? The movie. Eh, I'll pass. The Lorelai to my Suki. We haven't really figured out our correct pairing because we don't really look like them because lack of representation in media, and <laughs> we don't have any personality rise that we feel like we hit perfectly. I know. I feel like we generally. It was Girl Meets World for a hot minute, but like we're not really gonna get into that. We're kind of gonna just look at that as like. <laughs> A simp moment and move on. Yeah, I feel like the pairing that we go with more often than not is Colin and Finn, and I think that's just because we find them funny. Yes. But I don't know if I would bring a milkmaid hmm. back. I might chase a cheese wheel. That's true. Partner in crime, co-host, what do you think? Do you think we made any mistakes? Do you think we splurged and saved in the right areas? What do you think on the more back end side of all this between our equipment, between our hosting platforms, <laughs> a little oopsie daisy made there, where we decided to do work, where we decided to outsource work? What is your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I can speak English sometimes. Overall, I think that we've done pretty well with this because when you think about when we first started we were thinking very much big picture, like, okay, this is the equipment that we need. This is the equipment that we need for guests. This is what we'll want to ship to them so that they can have their own microphone for good quality. And we've definitely been able to restructure ourselves and pull back from there and see what it is that like we're working with and how we can just learn to use those tools better. So I think overall, we're doing pretty well. We definitely had some moments where 
we we definitely had some moments where we were a little too quick to jump into things like looking for our first hosting platform to get our RSS feed set up. We actually we were stuck between three different platforms and we purchased a subscription to one and then it turned out that the features that we liked about that platform were actually no longer supported, so we had to pivot and find a new one. Overall, when I was looking through our setup the other day and how we've established it so far, I feel like we're well set. And then, I don't know, I think that, I mean, we're we're so far from this point right now, but in terms of the things that we'd eventually like to outsource our social media, in terms of planning and keeping up with posting, responding to comments and all of that, I think that that would be like the best place for us to start. I mean, my thing for social media, which I brought up to our podcasting teacher, it's not that I don't want to share and I have things. I, I'm very clear what I do and don't want to share in social media. It's more that right now, our dear, dear, lovely human being friends are the only ones really driving this and supporting us, which we love dearly, but they know the things we post already. So I want to save and make sure we're not overwhelming things because during quarantine no shade just facts everyone started a small business everyone started a podcast everyone started to become an influencer so now i follow like six instagram per friend and it's a little bit overwhelming and i don't want to do that to our friends because i'm just happy they listened past the first few episodes if they make it to this one like mind blown be so exciting because i feel like we haven't told a lot of people about it yet i mean i don't have a lot of people to tell but they all know Oh, well, I didn't tell a lot of people about it yet. It's fine. You're waiting for a second wave. It's a marketing move. It's intentional. It's all intentional. (laughs) And then here's the last part, which isn't fun. It isn't pleasant. But I think if you're unable to do this, I don't think you and a co-host are ready to start a podcast. We have a contract. Yeah, like we had to sit down and have a real conversation about like some hard topics, what it would look like if we ever wanted to dissolve the podcast. And thankfully due to call her daddy, we kind of knew how to have this conversation. No, we we included a cute little clause in our contract, so we're all set. It's definitely something that you need when creating any sort of thing that potentially you would want or see growing or not, just because as much as we're both putting in the grit work, the foundation for this, we don't know what happens when I become Beyonce and... Angela's Kelly Rowland like we don't know what could happen I'm kidding or when Angela goes or when Angela goes from wheelchair Jimmy to Drake oh my god we don't know what's gonna happen when these things happen (laughs) and we need to be prepared and as much as you can be just similarly to a prenup it's better to plan for the bad times when the good times are going good exactly like April and Jackson said in their breakup episode their prenup was written by two people who love each other heartbreaking right? It's a beautiful episode, but it's so sad. I know. I kind of don't like how they're portraying April off screen in this new season of Grey's. Well, apparently the reason her and Arizona were kicked off was because the new showrunner just didn't like them. They didn't want to leave. Well, that's lame. I like them. Or maybe Angela will be the on- Angela will be the Beyonce based on that last statement. <laughs> Bring back Arizona's leg. Yes, but feel free to comment and DM us with anything, any questions. We're still trying to figure this all out. We're doing it. We're doing something and we're ready for anything that comes our way. It's happening. You guys can listen to this, so we're doing something, right? I was trying to be optimistic for once. Give it to me. Okay, we are ready for anything that comes our way. Thank you. We are kayak. Hear us roar. Two kayaks. One kayak? Two kayaks. Two kayaks. Because we're not a canoe because that's together. Mm -hmm. Since I stole your segment, do you have a question on anything? Anything you've been pondering, Mm -hmm. wondering about? Seven wonders of the world, which apparently are subjective. Oh, I recently learned. I thought the Western Wall was a wonder of the world. And it is one of the newer ones, but there's like the historical ones. Then there's the natural ones. Then there are the modern ones. And they're not all the same. I feel like in that case, you need to reestablish the names for them. I agree. Like the Seven Wonders should be the Seven Wonders. And then you create, there's the Fab Five, the Fantastic Four. Triple Threat, Double Trouble. There we go. I don't know. I guess if I have any question, it's 
how do you feel about the immersive Van Gogh experience? I think it's very cool and I wish they put more information about tickets and how it's going. I've been seeing all of the lovely influencers doing Vlogmas and going through this cool Wonderland light show Christmas Lane vibe thing and I'm happy we're getting something here. Nothing ever happens here. Even the freaking Tangled Lantern show that they're like, oh my gosh, it's the San Francisco Bay Area? Sacramento? Not the Bay Area. Not the Bay Area. Close to the Bay Area, but not the Bay Area. I'm excited. It does, especially after, like, I I didn't really know about it. After watching Emily in Paris, I thought it was something that they created just for the show. Emily in Paris? Okay, that's another thing. Everyone who is telling me that it is Emily in Paris... I have not found anything on the internet from the show creators that tells me that it is in fact called Emily in Perry. I sent you the Lily Collins interview the other day. And during the show, she specifically refers to herself several times as Emily in Paris. I sent you the Lily Collins article the other day or the Jimmy Fallon clip, I believe it was. Okay, I might not have watched that because work has been really hectic the past couple days. Okay, but should I should I watch this Jimmy Fallon clip live right now? You can right put now? your thoughts in the show notes. Just like how I realized we have to fact check Chris, our Christmas is after. Okay. <laughs> well, apparently I may be wrong about Emily in Paris, but I'm still going with Emily in Paris for now. Just because when I try to say Paris, it doesn't sound natural coming out of my mouth and sounds a little bit sarcastic. Emily? in Perry. Well, it sounds so much cuter when you do it. Because I just watched Brenda's song as London Tipton say, little me back from Perry. Ages like eight through like 14, 16. I don't know when Sweet Life on Deck ended. Fantastic show. The height of Disney Channel. The height of Disney Channel was that so Sweet Life of Hannah Montana. Yes, they're all they're all encompassed. No, but Sweet Life on Deck was later. Sweet Life on Deck did the Wizards of Waverly Place crossover with Hannah Montana, but that's so Sweet Life of Hannah Montana was first see i look at the sweet life like sweet the sweet life of zach and cody and the sweet life on deck like all within the same thing because didn't they like run right one after the other i never finished re-watching the sweet life of zach and cody till the end so i can't tell you but i think something like that we'll look into that for the show notes too we love accuracy are you ready for me to sign us out and on that note thank you for listening to this episode of in omnia paratus be sure to join us next monday but for now Grab your coffee bowl and don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at InomniaPod on Instagram to let us know what you thought of this week's episode and if you have any questions about starting your own podcast. Bye. Bye.